Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my good friend here, fellow actor, musician, David Akinyemi. Yes, sir. How's it How going? are you, man? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me here. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. I love the hat, by the way. Just have to start off and say, like, the bucket hat. Like, <laughs> it's a <laughs> blue's my favorite color. I love the color. And uh, yeah, you're rocking it today. Oh, for real. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's no worries, easily my favorite hat as well. Yeah, we uh, so to give you guys some background, David and I uh, worked on our first project uh, last summer. Uh, it was a film called Cracked, and uh, you know it explores mental health uh, specifically in young men. And you know it was so exciting to have David on board. I got to learn more about uh, his journey, his uh, personality, and we became friends. And you know we plan to collaborate even on more projects, short films, and you know the ninety four collection, uh, my clothing line. Uh, David was kind enough to offer his modeling services and, uh, you know, help, help promote the brand. So I'm really uh, appreciative about that. Anytime, man. Always. Of course. Love for you. For Thanks, buddy. You do. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, you've been very supportive, like I said. And, you know, I just want to get back to what I uh, was talking about where you're an actor. And, you know, as a director, I'm always fascinated on how an actor I'm working with decided to pursue a career in that field. So what is your story, man? Like, how did you make get this path take this path good question um i would say <clears throat> growing up of course i grew up in nigeria i was born and raised in lagos nigeria and i moved to canada in 2016 so this september will make it five years that i've been in canada nice. and i've always loved a lot of artistic things growing up but of course it wasn't as appreciated coming from the background that i was it was almost a more like um conventional career paths like engineering or medicine or law if you wanted to say you wanted to become an artist or you wanted to go to Hollywood people would kind of take you as a joke so I kind of had to mellow that aspiration and put it to the side for a very long period of time right so I moved to Canada where especially here in North America it's a lot more appreciated people are more mm -hmm. open-minded to different of kinds course. of opportunities and from there I'll say the first instance I had of Music was me just making music in my own dorm room in high school, kind of making beats, recording songs and whatnot. And then right from high school as well, I was also a part of the school play, school production that we did. I'm oh, not nice. sure if you know this um, thing, uh, Dr. Faustus. Have you ever heard of that before? No, Dr. I haven't. What's this all about, Dr. Faustus? It's like this uh, guy who it... sells his soul to the devil. And oh yeah <laughs> some what? Creepy thing. oh yeah what is it like an urban legend or like an actual story yeah it's an actual i guess it's an urban legend okay but he's just talking about a guy who sells his soul to the devil but he has a limited amount of he gives he gets everything he wants from the devil right but i think he can only live for like seven years or something and mm -hmm. do whatever he wants within those seven years and then eventually like the devil comes back and then comes to take him to hell that's and I was crazy. like, why are we doing this in high school? Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny, though. And of course, besides that, I tried to do more individual projects, too, like mm -hmm. creating videos, even down to music videos as well. Those are things I'll say I've kind of delved into because I've always been a very strong appreciator of just cinema in general. Right. And I think we kind of share this mutual love for Quentin Tarantino as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think my viewers or my uh, audience is getting uh, pretty tired of me talking about Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we. I wanted to mention when we first met on set, that was what clicked for us. Is I mentioned Tarantino, and I'm used to hearing like, "Yeah, he's good, whatever." And David was like, "Yo, 
Tarantino, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right? Like, number one. And David knew he was in good hands when I said that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, my mind was at ease straight away. Yeah, he was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Let me trust him. Because <laughs> it was my first time on set. So, like, not as a director, I should say, like, dealing with actors. And it was uh, quite a, quite an interesting experience, for sure. But, sorry, continue your story, huh? Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of how everything started to align. So, mm-hmm. I feel like the lines are very thin between different art forms when we were talking about fashion or even cinema or films or even music, so many things are mixed into it. You can't make a movie without the music and the, the attire that the people wear. And even of course. when you're making music, you talk about the videos that portray and bring it to life. And of course. you talk about the brand, just like the 94 collection. Artists or people or actors are known by their brands, how they dress and whatnot. So I just felt that why restrict myself to just one avenue where... I can almost specialize in one, but still dip my feet into the other aspects of artistic expression as well. That's how I saw it. So yeah, and that's and that's something like we're gonna get into as well. I'm glad you said it. Is you're kind of identifying or relating to me in, in the sense that you hear me like I do videography work, but I also do film, but I also do uh, the clothing line and podcast, right? Like I never thought I'd be doing a podcast, and I think it's very important to kind of do anything you find passionate, um, anything that you find uh, you excel in. Um, because it all serves a purpose to your brand. It all serves a purpose to your identity. And uh, eventually the idea is, is to create an audience, to create a following um, that can say, okay, I don't like, you know, you know, cause I do artworks about my nostalgic characters. I grew up, I don't like the nostalgic characters, right. Or, or the clothing line is not for me. I don't like streetwear, but I like his films. So I can watch that. And it's, you know, and then you'll find, you know, an audience that will like everything that encompasses you. So my point being is that with yourself and we'll get into it more, um, I just wanted to ask you this question here, but before I get into the, uh, that, you know, with regards to music and with regards to, you know, other platforms that you've been kind of sharing, uh, on social media, it just, you know, goes back to our point about you're constantly expanding your brand. You're constantly showing people other talents that you can offer them. So I, I, I praise you for that. And I want to learn more about that. Um, but before that, what was it about the film Cracked? Again, we discussed how it was exploring mental health and again, in young men and about a man keeping his family together and the struggle with that. Yeah. What was it about this film, man, that wanted you to be involved with it? Hmm. I would say, let's kind of even split that answer into two, if I may. Yeah, I would of course. say, before I found out deeply what the whole process or what the whole context was about mm-hmm. and after I, I arrived on set. So... Of course, beforehand, Koso was the only person that I knew who was part of the whole production team, that's to say. And he told me about the project he was working on, that this was one of the roles available. Would I like to audition for this role? And right. then I read a bit more about it. And I would say, of course, mental health in general is a topic that I always like to advocate for very strongly because I can even say I've had my own personal struggles with that as well, which I like to be very open and I speak about it all the time. And I feel I do that because I know there are other people who aren't as confident to speak up about it. But when they see that there's someone they can relate to, it makes them feel stronger naturally. So it just works out perfectly that way. So when I saw that there was a film being made that was centered on that topic, I said, well, I have to do whatever I can do to be a part of this. Of course. But of course, I never kind of auditioned for an actual film before. For me, it had just been plays or like, short skits that stuff would do so i'll say this was like the first proper film that i was actually a part of and i was excited to be a part oh, of that that's great 
I'm so, happy to be, uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> one to, we're, we're uh, the team that we were able to bring you on board and, uh, you know, make you feel, because uh, again, like I mentioned, it was the first time for me to like a first formal project that, you know, you were, exactly. you were an actor, I was a director. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. Man. So that was kind of the first part that really resonated with me. And mm-hmm. of course, upon arriving on set, Loki, I was kind of scared because right. I felt like, oh, all these people, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I can maybe just attest to that because see, I've had a bit of an acting background, but like acting for film, I hadn't done that before. I don't know how to work with directors or like the producer, right. all those kind of things. So I thought I was going to be like that novice, that newbie. But I liked how everyone made it such a chill environment. So mm-hmm. comfortable, like a family that everything just eased into its place. Yeah. And initially, I was thinking that maybe the director would be like a Hollywood director and be like, pause, pause emotion emotion i come and tell you i do those kind of things or like yeah. line or you see people screaming line all the time yeah like, yeah 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 but it was just very natural i feel like everybody just felt in the right place and in the right yeah space. yeah and well that's that's kind of like uh i'm glad you mentioned like the whole director uh you know how you saw them as you know coming on board and being like like you said like just yelling and <laughs> line and uh make sure it's like this and you know why are you late and But my whole thing, it's kind of what I always want to use, uh, even when I get into bigger budget films is, you know, that approachability, um, that comfortability, as long as everyone respects me or respects the story and the crew and, you know, the cast, um, there should be no issues, right? And that goes for me as well. I have to respect uh, the people that I'm dealing with and the story itself. But when you came on board, the reason why I'm so personable and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And I start like talking to you about random stuff is I just... I put myself in your shoes. Like I was nervous too that day. And I said to myself, you know, this guy's coming. Um, who knows if it's one of his first projects. Um, but, you know, just empathizing with you and saying it's nerve wracking, you know, to be, you know, it's, it's hard work enough to be behind the scenes, but imagine like being in front of the camera and capturing everything, you know, you could slow down a whole production if you're not on your A game or if, you know, yeah. you're just really nervous. And, my whole thing is, yeah, there's obviously going to be nerves, but if we can avoid it or minimize it by being, you know, just good people, like there's no need to be assholes. Like yeah. if you, if you come on set, right. And you're already like, you have an air about you. Yeah. Of course you're going to get that energy back. Cause we're going to say, okay, like bring it, you know, but if you're coming on being very humble, like, Hey guys, pleasure to work with you. Uh, let me know if you need any help. And <laughs> you know, you're just a, you're just a grounded guy. Like I love that about you. So I kind of use that same approach with you. And I said, you know, we're on the same boat, you know, we're just trying to kill it and make it happen. And um, I think it's important because that energy is conveyed through the lens, right? Like people watching the film, they're not going to see my energy. They're going to see it like how I shoot it or how I direct it, but they're going to see mostly your energy, right? And they're going to see if you were comfortable enough to perform on set. Um, so I think that's very important. And I think that's something I would advise in my you know, little experience that I have so far as a director is you know, anyone pursuing the field or, or is in the field right now. Um, I think it's always important to respect uh, not only the story, but the people that are involved. So that's why, that's why you, you had us uh, act the way we did, man. And we're so you know, grateful that you were on board. Uh, Kosa Caraway and Danny Mariathis, you know, they creators, the writers of the project. Yeah. And, you know, they, they told me about you and they were really excited to have you on board, um, you know, kind of exploring the, the subject matter. And, you know, I just wanted to go back to about mental health is, you know, that's why I do these podcasts and these, these vlogs as well to discuss, you know, well-being and, you know, just an awareness about mental health is 
especially during these, this pandemic. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Your Everyone's story is different. Everyone's been affected differently. And I always say it like financially, mentally, physically, um, whatever yeah. have you. But um, yeah, uh, that's something that you wanted to, is it, is it to that reason? Like you were, you were struggling maybe in your own way during the pandemic and you kind of wanted to explore that, right? Yeah, for sure. It, it was exactly like you put it. It was a very, very, I'll say a unique roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Why I'm saying unique? Because we all individually have phases in our life, go through our own roller coaster rides. Of course. But sometimes we can predict them. And because it's almost like a deja vu experience, we yeah. can already scale them easily. Mm-hmm. But this was, of course, something we had never gone through before. So new things were about to come up. Like, for example, I would say I'm a very people-oriented person. I work mm-hmm. best when I'm around people. Nice. And that's why when I'm studying in school, the library is always a place I go to. I'm looking for my closest colleague or classmate to go study nice. with. Yeah. So if you put someone like me at home <laughs> for months on end, it's literally yeah. the equivalent of, um, what do they call it? Solitary confinement in prison. Yeah, That's exactly for sure. Man. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, like if you tell, say that people were in solitary confinement, sometimes they start hallucinating. Sometimes they start having too frequent conversations with themselves. They can't think straight. They may lose their sense of identity, those yeah. kinds of things. And I would say that was a similar experience to what it was for me that sometimes I wouldn't, I would just completely lose motivation in doing anything. Sometimes maybe to an extent, started hallucinating myself where I almost try to imagine people being around and being like, Oh, when I meet up with my friends again, what are some of the conversations I will have with them? And I started having conversations with myself because it was just me alone most of the time. And of course that resulted in like extended periods of just, sadness and low energy and everything and of course people around me were kind of worried because they know me that i'm not the kind of person to ever bring a sad energy to the table i'm always the yeah. type of person that would try to make you smile even if you go lucky my, exactly like even if i'm going through a rough patch just when i see that you're feeling bad as well i completely throw my problems out the door and i try to help you out wow that's really but nice man. yeah that's when people started completing concern and to me not trying to put it the way that, oh, I've never needed help before, but it kind of made me also feel bad that now my problems were being weighed on other people too as well. And I didn't want that to be the case. So that's You don't like being burdened on people and you don't like, yeah, you you hate that responsibility of my emotions are making this person suffer right now or making them feel worse about themselves. Um, But I can relate to what you were saying, man, is that, yeah, with this pandemic, a big thing for me is, you know, that, that clouded vision, like when you're, especially as a creative, when you're trying to do something, like I was trying to write um, a script and, you know, I just couldn't think of anything because I think psychologically your mind uh, goes to, you know, the negative it goes to a place where it's like, well, what's going to happen? What does this all mean? What's it for? Who cares? And what it is is that you struggle with that. And, and that's why with this film, you know, it was so, it's such a great opportunity to look something to look forward to. Um, you know, being home uh, for, for months on end and not knowing if this project would come to, to fruition. And the fact that we kind of band together and we said, no, this is the date, we're going to do it. Um, and luckily for us, you know, the situation wasn't as dire as it is now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, I think it's very, um, I know, I think it's very important. Like what you said is even when you are going through stuff, uh, that's really, that's really nice of what you said, selfless is you don't bring it to other people because I'm guilty of that. Like when I'm talking to people, sometimes I might, 
I catch myself like talking about my problems or I'll talk about <laughs> situations and people, people like, don't get me wrong. They can be supportive and they want to hear, but I just realized, you know, um, and it may some cynical or cruel, but people don't <laughs> care at the end of the day, they got their own problems, right? Yeah. You can only talk about from for so long, right? Like if I tell you what's going on in my life, right? Yeah. You'll listen, you'll be considered, you'll give me advice. But if I repeat it for the next five days and that's all you hear from me, like, <laughs> You're going to say, David, like, you know, <laughs> you're going to be like, Daniel, uh, buddy, I got, uh, I got school to do, man. Like I got, I got to figure out, right. I got to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have time for this <laughs> because again, it's not, it's not to be selfish. It's just people are on their own living their own world. Like they have their own uh, responsibilities and they have their own problems. So, um, I think it's just, yeah, a, a mature uh, perspective. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not cruel. It's, it's just the way the world works and you got to be, that's why I always say you got to invest in yourself. You got to have self-care because you got to be strong when no one else is around to help you. You can't rely on them to uplift you, right? You have to uplift yourself. People will support and give you some motivational pieces of advice. I know I have my fair share, but at the same time, I think it's very important that, you know, you're strong enough to hold your own. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, sorry, go ahead, man. No, I've seen like it's pretty much that. Like you said it pretty mm -hmm. well. Thank you, man. Yeah. I um it's just something I feel really passionate about. That's why I feel the need to just go on a rant about it and you know discuss <laughs> it because um again, I was that kind of person where the years ago I would very be very reliant on a person's, you know, uh positive feedback or you know, just telling me I'm awesome. And then I realized, you know, because I was in a situation where you know, I lost some friends, I lost some situations, relationships, and it's like yeah. all you have is yourself. And when they say that all you have is yourself, it's been never been more proven in the pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, you have to confront those issues. Uh, no one else is going to do it for you. Right. Yes. So I think it's very important. And that's why we did this film cracked <laughs> and we're so excited yeah. for the world to world to see it. Uh, it's in festival circulation right now, but uh, enough about that film. I want to know um, more about you now. Uh, okay. So when I first met you, I initially thought you were just a film and television actor. Right. And then uh, I come across your social media page and I've been following you uh, recently. And I've noticed that you also uh, have talents as a musician. And I want to know, like, yeah, right. Like, why are you pursuing both acting and music? Awesome. Uh, I would say a strong part of it even comes from that initial point as well about just that line being blurred between both, um, like all forms of art. That was right. one thing. Two, of course. I sometimes like to look at myself as an eclectic person. I can't really make up my mind in just one thing and mm -hmm. say, I want to just do this alone. But at the same time, I'm trying to find that balance of not being just a jack of all trades, but right. a master of none. It's mm -hmm. very, very, very rare, like you said, where you see somebody being a master of two art forms. Like when you see a mm -hmm. Will Smith winning yeah. a Grammy as well as winning an Oscar, that kind That's of thing. That's what I immediately thought of when I, yeah, when I yeah. Saw, heard <laughs> actor, musician, right? True. So... For me, I would say, let's say, let's quote Billie Eilish, for example. Billie Eilish said that, of course, she puts a lot of focus and attention into her music and mm -hmm. sorting that part out, but she puts it on equal weight with her videos, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that wants to almost be able to make a mesh between both, where if I wake up one day and I, in the future, I want to do a lot of short films, for example. I know movies tend to take much longer. There's like a whole bigger process. Of course. Them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I might eventually say I want to go into movies if I'm able to like block out time to say I want to do full length movies. But for the time being, short films are like the perfect avenue that I see myself being in. So with that as well, 
I want to have a space where visually I can also express my music in that and it almost fits in perfectly into the storyline. And also in the same way, my expression through my acting and even maybe sometimes the production can really express the music itself. Okay. Just like how sometimes, again, Quentin Tarantino says that hey. he might pick the music beforehand and almost make the scene match up with the music. Whereas a lot of people just kind of block out the whole scene and then just pick a song that aligns with it. I yep. wanted to be able to go back and forth between both. So in summary, why I wanted to pursue both is because I think that they bring each other to life very well. Yeah. And I feel that it will just be super beneficial for my means of expression to wield both at the same time. Yeah, uh, beautifully said, because music is so important and so critical. And, you know, that's why I think we um, work so well together and why we, you know, uh, want to collaborate even more uh, in the future. Because even when I was talking about 94 Collection, I was explaining to you how I want to do like promos, like music videos or some sort of like dance videos and um, just anything incorporated with music because it's just such a powerful uh, medium. Right. And, you know, it touches, it's universal. It touches, if you play, play the right song with the right visual, you'll, everyone will watch it. You know, you don't need subtitles. You don't need uh, a, a certain storyline. Right. So yeah. I think that's very important. And I think that's very smart that you're able to do both. And, you know, just seeing like what you've been posting on Instagram, like it's also important to say that you're aware of where you have to be talented in both areas. Right. Or at least have a knowledge of the two right? Like you're not doing it for the sake of doing it. You're not getting into music because, yeah. oh, it's just something to do. You do it because you clearly, you know, have a passion for it and you must have gotten some feedback where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm self-aware where I have something going here. And instead of just saying, but I only want to do acting. It's like, no, I want to do both because I think the two play, uh, play a part with each other. And you can never be more right. Like Billie Eilish, you know, uh, become becoming more and more, uh, you know, uh, kind of a fan of her music and just seeing uh I, I kind of I'm the kind of person where I like the overall aesthetic or the marketing behind it too all right so the music videos and how they're shot and how they serve the brand right so you don't have to be so much into the music but um like bad guy I was watching the music video behind that great beat um lyrics have no idea what's happening but I have to <laughs> probably like pay, turn it up a little louder but again it's just it it's a mood right it's a it's an ambiance and uh, it, it puts the art form on a different level. And sure. I think that's very important that, like you just said, you have the acting ability and you have the music behind it. And, and that's why with, as a filmmaker, right, I can, I can respect it so much because the cinematography perspective, you need that. Um, you want to tell us, tell a effective story. And uh, yeah, like, you know, so far, you know, your experience, uh, how how's it been trying to break through in the music industry? Are you like connecting with certain people um, and professionals or are you just kind of doing this right now as a hobby? Oh, great question. I would say kind of, I'm want to lay out the blueprint. First of all, see exactly what it takes to reach a certain level and then kind of then run in what I call a flow state in a mm -hmm. way. I've never really been a big believer and this is why I'm not coming here preaching like as if I'm a like successful <laughs> Grammy Award musician, but I like to be blunt about some things sometimes. Sure. I feel like the reason, the reason, pardon me, that was my laptop. The no reason a lot of times I see a couple of my friends or just people I see around not doing as well as they want to in mm -hmm. music is because of consistency. Mm. Consistency and performing up to the right standard. 
And I like to say this, that good is the enemy of great. Why do I say this? Somebody might come out with a song. They know how to produce music or mix a song or record some nice vocals. And you might have your good friend say, oh, this sounds good. Somebody else might say, this sounds good. But there are many songs out there that sound good. It's like just reaching up to the baseline of acceptable. When you reach that level, it's very easy to get comfortable there because you feel like, okay, well, I've passed that baseline. I can do better than what the average person can do. But this just means that now you've entered the playing field. It doesn't mean that you're actually thriving in the playing field. If you look at all the artists and maybe the Billboard Top 100, all 100 of them know how to make good music. Guaranteed. <laughs> like, that's not... Yeah, it's no question. Yeah, yeah. But why is it there somewhere in the top 10 and somewhere in the top bottom 10? Is that's when you're moving from the level of good to great. What are those niche things that separate you? What are the things outside the music that build your brand that cause a following to push your music. Those are the little things I'm still trying to learn to see how I can then separate myself in those little aspects. Because I liken it to the Olympics, the difference between, let's say the 100 meter finals, for example. Right. The difference between the first place finisher and the third place finisher is just a couple of what, like microseconds or something. I yeah, think. yeah. So it's not like it's a massive gap between them. Just those tiny differences make such a huge difference. Even like a Formula One race, right? It's just exactly. like two seconds is like 20 minutes in that world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what exactly it feels like. Now, in terms of where I am right now, I wanted to really sharpen up my skills in the different areas, kind of set a baseline. If I'm giving like actual core um, details, let's say in terms of production, being a vocalist, as well as mixing music. I started off producing my own kind of songs. I wanted to see what kind of songs do I know how to produce. I mostly make hip hop, R&B and Afro beats. That's what I've been producing. As a vocalist, I could have just gone in and said, well, I can sing my notes properly. Let me let the mixing and the post-production fix up the rest. But my sister advised me to learn actually the traditional way of singing, like learn how to properly sing. So that Mm -hmm. when I'm doing live performances, is just going to set me apart completely. So that's another aspect I'm working on. When it comes to mixing music, I'm trying to build a portfolio for that because I know that's what really works very strongly. In terms of mixing music, it's just like editing videos, for example. Most people know the fundamentals in terms of how to use the software, how to play around with the different tools. It's when you have the experience from different projects knowing that, well, I can make my color grading for this particular scene blue, but what shade of blue should I use that would evoke the right emotion? That's mm. where it expands. Like the palette. To come exactly. The no palette, right we call it, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly the same thing in like mixing. What do I make these decisions? I'm trying to build up that experience too. So that when I've gotten the fundamentals down, I can then say, okay, for the next year or for the next two, I'm reducing my, let's say, things on my plate as much as possible. And I'm just going to go consistently, literally go ham. And then just kind of accelerates that progress over the next two, three, four years or so, however long it takes. So I can now reach a baseline where I'm now competitive in the industry that I'm looking to be in. And then Mm. kind of now maintain steady growth from there. So that's the way I see it right now. So you're saying is you're you're kind of learning the the, the craft, learning the skills and honing them um, without, you know, just throwing things like out of just for the sake of throwing them out there. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Like you're, you're being very meticulous and making sure everything represents your brand in, in, in a specific way. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Because I, I think that's what a lot of artists, creatives, you know, they struggle with is 
you know, how do you, uh, that consistency, like you just said is, um, you know, you, you see it all the time with artists and that's a big worry for me. Like they put out a song and it's like, can you match it again? Right. And you know, a, a lot of them, you know, they prove, prove, prove us wrong, but there are some that they kind of disappear and, you know, you don't really like, you know, Iggy Azalea, like for me, I, I never really heard a song. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was really popular, really, even the music video where she was wearing like a yellow outfit. It was a spoof oh. off Clueless. Oh, wait. first for, first like thing, I'm the realist. You know, it goes like first thing, yeah. I'm the realist. Oh, is it I don't know. How, oh, I don't know. Fancy, fancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, fancy. So, yeah. <laughs> but for me, like that, that that's like an example, right? Not to shit on her or anything, but it's just like what comes to mind is like, oh, I haven't really seen. And again, she could be focusing on a different path in her life and another career in the arts. But in the context of music, you kind of hear that and you can't really predict those things either. Like you just, sometimes you got to just put stuff out there and it, sometimes they just stick and they work with the audience, right? Like the market will tell you if it's good. Um, and if you're consistent, then that's why you have the Drake's and the, yeah. you know, the M&Ms and all these, all these different, you know, artists, because they stand the test of time, right? They prove uh, their worth. And I wanted to go back to what you were saying about the billboards and, you know, the, the chart positioning and all that. What, like, what's your take on, you know, cause we're both, you know, millennials, like what's your take on social media and viewership and does it affect you? Do you, is there really a, a big issue with looking at views? Cause I know recently with me, it's, I'm very grateful and supportive, like happy that I have fans like yourself, you know, showing, seeing my work, sharing it. But at the same time, you know, as an artist, you always say to yourself, like, it'd be nice to have a little bit more, like, like people watching it, right? Like instead of four views, like 40 yeah. views or 400, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So what's your take on that? Like, uh, do you give into that pressure or you just kind of like take it easy and stay true to the craft? Mm. I always feel like, yeah, it's just something that I've debated myself a lot. I will say that it should strongly be a balance between both where you shouldn't, of course, ignore it completely. But at the same time, you shouldn't get caught up with it. How does that look like practically? I know that people always say have the balance, but it's right. very difficult to maintain that. How I look at it myself is I want to have a means of tracking my progress at least. Mm-hmm. Like I don't just want to be that person who will say, yeah, I'm just focused on the craft alone. As long as I'm making good music that I like myself, I'm good. I don't really care whether I'm getting views or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, technically speaking, you, sh- you should care to an extent if you're looking to compete on a professional level because i can't just come and make a film and say well this film is fantastic the writing was great the acting was fantastic production everything was good but the viewership the commercially the film didn't do well at all i'm mm. not going to get funding at all for those kind of things for maybe my next year that i want to do it's not going to provide the kind of revenue that i'm doing because ultimately the financial aspect of it has to come into play if maybe this is your source of bread and butter if this is literally what yeah. you give off of. Yeah. Or you, you intend it at least, right? Exactly. At you the very least. Yeah. Those, unless you're just doing it as a hobby on the side or you don't care about the commercial aspect of it, then that's when you could say, yeah, like, I could make great cooking, but I don't care if my cooking sells because I'm not planning on selling my food, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's a good, that's exactly a good analogy. Yeah. But at the same time, it shouldn't be something. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that you get too caught up in where you then almost sacrifice strongly your artistic expression just Mm. because you're trying to just go with the commercial aspect of it of course and that's where i'll say as much as you can maybe even delegate that aspect to other people where 
you can say like, okay, what do you still think about my videos? Do you think maybe somebody who has known you from the start, do you think that I'm derating off my initial vision too much just to kind of please that commercial aspect of my art? Or am I still being consistent, but at the same time being very conscious of being flexible so that my work is still commercially um, valuable? So yep. that's where the aspect of having people in your inner circle who can critique your work very well is very important. Yeah, I think it's important to have both people in your field and also outside of your field as well, because you can see a balance. You can, uh, you can see people from an industry perspective, like what they think, and you can also see the market, what they think, right? And um, a lot of the times there's two different perspectives. Uh, for me, when I show my films, like people in the industry will compliment it or they'll judge it on certain technical aspects. And then people outside of the field, like family, friends, you know, the market, if you will, will, you know, be more more uh, amazed about like how it was made and like the music choices and like, you know, just the overall emotion that was given. So you just learn those things and you have to have that balance. I think a big thing for me is, you know, self-awareness and exhausting all options. Like for instance, you know, you have to be aware for that the film that you made uh, probably didn't have the most production value in it or the biggest budget. But did you exhaust all options that you could with what you had? And did you make the story as effective as you could, right? Like at the end of the day, um, the reason why it's so tricky is that like the arts is just a crazy profession and anyone pursuing it, including myself, <laughs> right? It's just like who would want to pursue a, an industry that's not guaranteed. But that's the reality is if you think about it, your salary or your income is based off of people clicking with that piece of art. And how do you define a good piece of art, right? Obviously, yeah. you can make it to the best thing that you can. And like you said, I, I feel your tactics are, you know, we're well stated. You got to, you know, if you know you can improve, right? Or if there's like a muffled piece of dialogue in, in, a, in a film or if there's things that aren't quite working, uh, poor score or poor acting, you have to adjust those things in, or if, in order to get to the top. Yeah. But if you feel like this is the best person to play the role or this is the best piece of music to tell that scene, what it comes down to is the market will decide. And, you know, you can't, you know what I mean? Like with, with film, like cracked, right? Like I'm thinking to myself, you know, obviously I, I believe in it. I believe in the people that were involved and uh, I believe in those subject matter, right? The mental health, but who's to say that, you know, the timing, right? Like the people that are watching it, maybe they, they don't, aren't too sensitive about that topic, right? Or maybe they, you know, can't relate because they don't know anyone in their lives that, you know, ha has a mental illness, right? Um, yeah, you can pull it apart, like if, if they were to say, you know, how it was made, but in terms of the actual story, you can't really, you can't really, it, it's subjective, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion about it, right? And I, I think what I'm trying to get at is when I showed it to people that didn't have any um, effects of mental health, or they never really struggled with that, maybe because they were too young, or just were lucky in life, I guess, uh, with how they, how things panned out, uh, they viewed it very differently than someone that had mental illness um, yeah. to the point where like they actually were getting emotional at some scenes because they could relate to those, those dramatic moments. Yeah. And yeah, it just goes back to like who's watching it and how they're watching it. And it's about timing and just pretty much having everything aligned. Um, I know I'm talking and referring, probably alluding to luck, uh, <laughs> but there is a little, there is a little bit of, I believe luck sprinkled in on that. Are you, what's your take on that? Do you believe in, in this industry? You need a little bit of luck to push you forward? Yeah, I would say it's is very necessary. Even me on a small scale that I haven't even really got it anywhere. Quote yeah, yeah, yeah. I have experienced luck in some aspects where... Of course. 
you can't really predict how some things will perform. Mm-hmm. Like if I was to tell you maybe for one of my songs that gets so, so, and so number of streams, how did this happen? I can probably mention some things that maybe influenced it. Maybe I could say, I thought it was a good song. Maybe it was the hook of the song that people tended to like or, but in terms of marketing, I can't really put my finger and say, this is what made it get this amount of viewership or whatever. And you just can't control some things. And it's also very similar. You can hear it in many artists' stories upcoming. Everybody will have those moments and you just need to be prepared at the right time. Like, yeah. for example, me being a part of this film, mm-hmm. it was just as a result of me knowing Kosa, who was one of the people working on it. That exactly. could just be an opportunity where, oh, he was working on something. I happened to know him. He happened to remember me. I ended up auditioning for it at the right time. And this just happened. So yeah. many things happen on the thin line. And I would just say, be mindful of when such opportunities may come. And just make sure you're prepared for mm-hmm. when it does happen. Yeah. yeah, no, that was that was well said because again, uh that that I can relate to as well, right? Is you know, you having those opportunities like coming on as cracked as a director, um, it just gave me, you know, that that confidence to take it on to the next project. And or if I get uh hired for a project where I need to direct or I need to shoot something, you know, I'll have that preparedness um to to make it worthwhile, right? And and you you could say the same for yourself. And I think it's like you just said, it's very important. Like, you know, luck is not about just sitting back and saying, oh, everyone's lucky and not me. Luck is, you know, doing the right things at the right time. And, you know, as you said, you know, Kosa, uh, someone that you knew, friend, uh, reached out to you and said, hey, we're doing this project. Are you interested? Because you're always preparing yourself by, act, by you know, whether it's auditions, acting school, voicing to people that you're in the field. And, you know, that's something that, you know, even with yourself about fashion, right? That's why I asked you for the 94 collection is, you know, that you were talking about even I had, I know you had a sense of style, but even just like you voicing, like you loved Tarantino, you love streetwear and you love this and that. I said, let's go, you know, let's, let's, uh, (laughs) let's, let's keep going and, um, you know, offer these people these opportunities because I think that's what that's all about. So, yeah, I guess we could describe ourselves as very lucky, you know, having each other, met each other, like sharing the same views, sharing the same talents um the the same vision for our brands so i think that's what luck is all about you know because you can't really pinpoint it you can't really pinpoint sometimes why video goes viral i just i strongly and firmly believe and i'll say this to you too you probably already know this is just do your music do your acting with good intentions and stay true to who you are with it um improve it from a quality perspective if you can but if you really love r&b right if you live, really love hip-hop don't decide to do country because little Nas x is doing it. you know what i mean like don't switch it because that's the thing that's that's why I, that's what i'm referring to when i say authenticity good intentions right um because your audience will find you man i truly believe that yes so i want to get back to the year 2020 and you know like i said it hit many of us differently uh did the pandemic allow you to explore more of your creativity uh when it hit Yes, I would say in terms of helping me reset, that was a big one. Like, yep. it has to be specific. I noticed that I tend to be very vague when I'm describing something. Mm-hmm. So let me be very specific. When it comes to music, like I had a song that I wanted to release sometime around May. And of course, we, I was still in school then. School got shut down physically around March. So we just passed the one year anniversary not too long ago. Yeah, which it's is crazy. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Time flies, man. Time flies. Yeah. Well, that was crazy. And then it helped me. It gave me some extra time since I wasn't moving around so much to actually finish up that song and put that out. 
but it also gave me time to almost just pause at some point. I know I right. spoke about the negative side of that too. This is now more on the positive side. What were the positive things that came out of just pausing and being alone? Being alone, of course, allowed me to see what I really liked again, what I wanted to talk about. Because going and interacting with many people, you hear thousands of things every single day. Yeah, sometimes it might be hard to actually pick out the one that originally came from you, the original idea or the original thought. And what you think you might want for yourself might just be what you heard 50 people say that you should do. So that was almost a trap I kept falling into. But now you were just myself alone and I could see what I wanted to make music wise. That's why I came out with an EP sometime towards the end of the summer, like August, which I then released. That I never planned to do because I had two other projects I was doing simultaneously. I was I wouldn't say I scrapped them. I put them to the back burner and started afresh with a new one that mm-hmm. was more recent, more fresh in my ideas. And then I put that out instead. So in summary, as well as also doing videos with that as well, with the music associated too, that was something I had never done as much before. And I said, well, I have more time on my hands to really sit down and write out a plan for this, write out a script or block out this whole thing. And then let me start producing content from this. So in summary, it helped me to pause and see what I really wanted to do. I absolutely love what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, I know I'm saying this a lot because I really do agree with uh, a lot of your your ideas and your values because what, what you just said about the pandemic allowing you to slow down and reset. I often say to my friends, you know, I might be one of those few people that says 2020 saved my life <laughs> because it really allowed me to, you know, <laughs> Right. It, it around, I think a lot of creatives like yourself to slow down and figure out, you know, you, you said it beautifully where uh, people were commenting and judging and saying, you know, what you should do, what, what you should do next. And you, you didn't have any focus. Right. And that's what prevented you from creating. And with the pandemic, it forced everybody to slow down and be on the same playing field. Yeah. And I think it just took away that judgment, that strip of stripped away um, that feeling of, you know, I'm not going to be good enough or I'm not going to create something that I really enjoy. So, you know, I just, I can highly relate to what you just said. And I wanted to say, you know, what did you hope to accomplish? Like, did you accomplish all the things you wanted to uh, in 2020 or did the pandemic hold you back? Mm. The one thing I was, well, well, I see the one thing I wasn't able to do I always like to do photo shoots as well. This is okay. not more still photography. I wasn't able to do that as much, of course. Okay. Because every every photographer friend or contact that I knew, they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, I can't go out or oh, I, I can't travel. I can't do this and that. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Do I have to start taking my photos myself? <laughs> Including me. I was one of those guys. I told you straight up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when things get better, poor David was all ready to go. <laughs> I was excited. Like I was yeah. ready. My mind was there, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is, of course. Of course, yeah. That I'll say is one thing. Two, I would say, I can't really blame myself for this, though. But mm-hmm. this was more just in terms of productivity. I did say I was able to release some projects, but I wanted to release maybe double the amount that I actually did, mm. given the time that I had to work with. But again, why I'll say I didn't blame myself was because I mentioned the negative side of what the pandemic really brought forward yeah. to that slowed it down in that aspect. But I can't really, yeah, again, I won't beat myself up over that. That's in the past. Let me focus on the future now and what I can do at that time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's like, you know, 
I, I, I'm the same way where I wanted, of course you want to do even more, right? You know, the, the big thing, I know I bring up 94 collection a lot, but that was the big thing for me is I started this clothing line. I'm wearing this pink hoodie here. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to have people like yourself, like be involved and, you know, your sister even was, you said expressed interest. So just having a photo shoot and getting content out there, but pandemic hit. And what the thing, thing big thing with me is like, you know, and, and what you just said is, you got to compare yourself with yesterday and you got to compare yourself with like how much you're putting out. You know, again, we always want to be, that's human beings. We always want to put out uh, more than what, what we can chew. But the reality is, is like how much can we actually do? Cause there's a lot of factors involved. We're not black and white. It's not like we're just a machine where, you know, we absorb information and then we put it yeah. up, absorb, put it up. There's, there's days, right. I'm sure you've had your days, right. Where you, you know, don't want to do it or you just don't feel as motivated or, you know, life gets in the way. Sister needs to be dropped off at a dentist appointment and you got to take like half the day to do that. Let's say, I don't know, uh, just throwing out, you know, possible factors or, you know, you got to take care of your mom or, you know, someone in your family's not doing well, or just, you know, you got appointments yourself that you got to figure out. Um, life just happens as I say school, but I well. think right. exactly. Oh, and, and yeah. school. Yeah. What am I, I, I've been so out of school. I've been out of school for so long. I forgot school is a huge, 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 uh, difference. Yeah, for sure, man. And you've been in school and, and that's why I should tell you is that the fact that you put out the stuff that you did, you were in a short film and you still did school. Commend yourself for that, man. It's, it's, uh, thank you. thank you. When I was in school, man, when I was in university, I, I was just in part of one student group. I was director of marketing. That was it. And we did, we did work but it was just confined to the school. You know what I mean? Like when I went home, I didn't really do what you guys were doing uh, music and short films and you know, what definitely not what I'm doing now, vlogs and podcasts. I was only till years later because I wasn't into it. I wasn't really, my mind wasn't there. Mm. And that's why I, I praise people like yourself is, you know, you're so young and you, you're, you're doing all the things that, you know, you, I could say easily, I wish I was doing that. You know, I wish I was like doing this podcast five years ago, six years ago. But can I really say that? It's like saying, I wish I picked those lottery numbers. It's like, of course, <laughs> you're going to pick those lottery numbers now because you know what the lottery numbers are. Yes. But six years ago, five, seven years, whatever have you, five years ago when I was in university, I, I, hadn't, I knew nothing about podcasts and I didn't even have uh, nowhere near any guests that I could bring on the platform to discuss uh, ideas or anything <laughs> of that matter. You know, I could bring on like two friends of mine. That was it. <laughs> but, uh, but that's just, but, but I'm happy how things worked out and you got to just, I think, be grateful of, of the journey. Uh, is that, is that an approach you have being grateful? Yeah. I think an attitude of gratitude really, it makes everything much better. I like that. Attitude of gratitude. Say, yeah, I know. So long as I keep on worrying or anyone keeps on worrying about what they didn't do in the past, it's going to always be an, I'll say an everlasting feeling. You never get over it. And speaking to my grandma really helped solidify that for myself whenever I talk to her, because like, she's old. She's like, what, 85 or 86 or something? Bro, I'll one-up you right now. Yeah. I'll one-up you. I have two grandparents. One's 95 and one's 93. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay, you yeah. have it. You have but I know, but, but hey, yeah. that, that's not to uh, downplay that. That's definitely an older age and God bless them, you know? Yeah. I'm really, I'm, of course, I'm very glad that she's still alive. Definitely. Of course very great part of my life and i would say more or less just in terms of giving that perspective and i can't even contest because she's like what quadruple my age or something i don't even know <laughs> she's basically saying that whole progress that see if you keep on worrying about what you didn't do yesterday it's going to continue eating you up until now yeah. that's why she never comes to tell us oh i wish when i was 50 
I was doing this or when I was 20 something or so. She just says, yeah, you guys are doing great every time that she's just grateful to still see us as her grandchildren till today to see her own children doing well. And she's just always being grateful for the now and what's to come in the future. I never hear her speak about what she didn't do in the past. And just those little things help me to also shape my perspective as a young person. Yep. Because of course, me is just energy burst. I want to do everything that's out there in front of me, conquer the whole world. But I always need to think, just like you said, that I'm not a machine. Of yep. course, not everything is just black and white. There's some things that will get done. And I'm confident that some things will get done and some things just wouldn't. And that's just how life goes. Just be grateful for what happened and receive fulfillment from that. Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, when you were mentioning about your grandmother and, you know, her age and the fact that she's so, uh, she has such a healthy attitude because I know a lot of people her age uh, that they regret the past and they talk bad about, you know, uh, their experiences and, you know, the, the fact that uh, they wish they could have done more and they could have done it right. But she sounds like she's accepted her old age and she's accepted, you know, she lived a long life and she's, you know, proud of whatever she has accomplished. And she's grateful to see her grandchildren, uh, prosper and you know witness their their successes and i think that's so that's so beautiful uh, be, uh beautiful to hear that yeah and uh it, you know it's just so nice to have someone of that age too man like you know so wise and sure. you know just to give you that recognition like it's gonna be okay because yeah. again man we we feel like you know i'm 26 how old are you man oh 20 20 yeah wow six years gap but <laughs> when I was 20 I felt like you know I remember people were telling me like and you probably get this too like oh you're old now you're fucking, you know <laughs> getting old whatever and it's like you laugh like your head off because it's like well what does that 85 year old have to say like what is she yeah. <laughs> you know like they and they slap us bro like they'll be like yo we're old you know what I mean like you better stop talking like that exactly because uh you know sometimes i joke around with my grandparents like oh i'm 26 getting old you know like no 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 because they're italian right so they'll say something in italian to me and <laughs> you know i just gotta be like okay but it's it's true man they like they laugh and when we're that age right god god willing god bless um we'll have that same mindset we'll look back and be like 20 are you kidding me like people used to be calling us old like what i wish i was 20 you know i think your 20s are, are your stomping ground like it's the best time to like make a mess uh get get in there get your hands dirty and, you know, take the risks, you know, uh, build your craft now. And I think what you're doing is uh, really important, really uh, exceptional. Um, you know, a lot of 20 year olds that I know, like they're not, they're not doing anything on the side. They're just going to school, going home, going to work. That's <laughs> it, you know, but, you know, I think it's important that you, you keep, keep uh, building your craft, right. And keep, keep building that brand. It's going to pay off. And uh, on that note, before like we go, I want to know, what do you hope to accomplish as an actor and musician, man? Mm. let me give a very tactical answer <laughs> no pressure no pressure me. just speak speak from the heart it's always best bro all right from there what do yeah. i really want to accomplish in terms of acting and movies of course i would like to explore a very very wide range things that i've never really i wouldn't do naturally things outside of my personality range right. so if maybe i was to do something that was that required like very deep emotions not saying that i'm not a deeply emotional person but expressing that physically or outwardly the easiest expression i like to give is of course will smith again him doing comedy to start off going from music to comedy and that's what people knew him for in fresh prince and then going to do other movies like pursuit of happiness that just completely outside of that yeah that's the kind of thing i want to do so that i could yes i push myself out of my comfort zone and i wanted to make movies that 
where where the attention to detail i'm that kind of person the attention to detail was very heavy because mm-hmm. every time i watch a tarantino film i'm going on youtube right after to go watch analysis of how did he block this scene like in inglorious bastards you remember that initial scene with uh what's his name where the that French... captain went to go interrogate hans lando guy. yeah and yeah. he goes to the french farm yeah yeah hans lando. Yeah. yeah i will probably watch analysis scene, of that scene like so many times studio <laughs> binder is that is that studio binder i know they do that analysis i, know, I think that was one of yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was one of them i love it blocked out. so i really love loved it. when attention to detail is paid in films and i would mm-hmm. like to be a part of films that pay so much attention to detail so i can look back and just say wow the rewatchability the rewatchability yes. aspect that's something that i was i was always fighting for like with cracked or in my projects is i always remind people it, the best ones are the ones you can sit down again and rewatch them and pick out something different or be, or learn something different about a character or maybe see it from a different perspective. You know, that's a big thing yes. with regards to the Rocky movies, like how I watched them at 25 <laughs> versus 15. Yeah. They're, they're, they could be corny at some times. I think the first one is well done, but the other ones can be corny at some times, but you at least respect the story because you're a more mature audience member. Right. Exactly. And you just shaped your view of all of that. And still on that film aspect, um, strongly re- revolutionized. Now, this is more specific to me. The music, not music, sorry, the film industry in Africa as a whole, especially in Nigeria. Mm. Have you heard of um, Nollywood before? Yeah, that's uh, yeah something that uh, Koso was actually telling me about. Yeah, I would like yeah. to really play a huge role in that because I know there's a lot of potential and great stories to be told, but a lot of the time it's just the production is not up to par with from an international standard. Of right, right. And I would like to be one of those people who can make an influence and say, let's bring out the stories and let's actually show this to the world because you can do better in terms of producing this and bringing it to life. Like so use your celebrity, use your, your establishment in the industry exactly. to, yeah, I, I, I can relate to that, man, for sure. Yeah, it really helped, you know, my roots and all of that. And in terms of music, what I like to do in music is now more or less bringing my own culture to a North American audience. That's always been my vision. Mm-hmm. where uh do you know what this artist burner boy uh sounds familiar actually yeah you might have bunny boy bunny boy is, do you see bunny boy or no or brenner boy. boy yeah Brenna boy yeah it sounds very familiar actually in the next like maybe one or two years you hear him a whole lot more now because he oh is he gonna blow up? up yeah he's already blown up in africa and europe oh okay because african music is still about to take north america by storm if i was put it that way right right it still has to go mainstream yeah and yeah. He, he won a grammy in the last in the most recent grammy awards actually oh wow album. that's so amazing that was, like a, that was like a big open door for yeah like africans to really step into the mainstream in north america because i know like um the latin music industry and of course european musicians already do that you can already see them in the mainstream but I want to be that person who can bring African music into the mainstream in North America. That's probably my vision in terms of that. But it's an honor like to, to be represented on that scale. Like for me, you know, I'm Italian and obviously there's been Italian films and directors and things like that, but I still get all excited when I see, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just someone commenting on Italian culture or, uh, you know, a story based on, you know, the Italian way of life. So for you, uh, it must be amazing. Like to, 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 to be reminded that anyone can really make it. You know what I mean, man? Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Totally. I have a question though. Like, yeah, what's up? I heard, I know whenever I'm watching soccer, I always see like the, my friends always used to mention this, like the Italian players always had a great sense of style. Would mm-hmm. you say that yeah. that has had a huge influence on you? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I don't watch soccer probably as much as my friends do, uh, like the football clubs. Uh, when the Euro and the World Cup comes around, I do support the national team. I could just something about the energy uh, watching those tournaments. But I do know what you're talking about with the rest of the style. I think it's not so much the soccer player's style. I think it's just how I was raised, like with my mom and, you know, just putting such a, a importance on, you know, having that sense of how you're presented to people and, you know, being clean, being organized, um, having good manners. And, you know, I just, I, I've always, there's a lot of influences on my style, uh, you know, to my very roots, like starting with my family, but it's also like, you know, what I see, um, like recently I've been following like Bieber, uh, Justin Bieber's like Drew House. And I just like, kind of like the whole streetwear look. Um, that's guy, I guess, you know, I'm wearing a pink hoodie. And I think that's what gave <laughs> me a bit of the, cause I, I would never be the kind of guy to wear a pink hoodie. Yeah. Um, but when I was styling, you know, I was doing 94 collection. That's why uh, if you go on the Instagram, the 94 collection yes. or 94 collection, you'll see uh, unisex clothing in the bio. Cause I, I realized like, uh, that's what I want people to see it as. I don't want it to be like, okay, here's women's and here's men's. It's more like the streetwear. The way I see it is anyone can wear it, you know, girls and guys. And there's, there's an appeal to it. You know, there, there's something attractive to it that, you know, anyone can rock the, the, the styles. And, and my vision for it is to do group shots, right? That's why I always tell you, like, you know, when things get better, you know, get, you know, people, your friends, whatever. Um, I'll just bring all this, all the hoodies <laughs> and a huge luggage. And I always like those, you know what I mean? Those like 10, 15 people shots, like where everyone's wearing the hoodie or like, you know, even five people and they're just posing a certain way. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, influences with regards to uh, style. And, uh, you know, more recently I've, I've found a style that works for me. I, I really enjoy streetwear because I'm just comfortable in it. And that's how I want to be seen. Um, you know, a friend of mine, we were discussing on the podcast, like about, you know, him wearing a suit and he wants, that's how he wants to be seen. Like, you know, very, he's getting older, right. He's 27. I think a year older than me, you're my age. And he wants to be seen like very mature, very professional. But for myself, it's like, I, I kind of want to give the casual approach and just show that I'm an artistic person inside and out. And this is like who I am. Like, I don't want to show up in a suit, you know, and, and, ha and have a conversation with you in a suit. Cause that's not my vibe. Right. Yeah. Like I follow these other guys. Uh, these musicians and um, they're called crash Adams and they wear a suit it's alternative, like music, like uh, 102.1, the edge kind of style. Yeah. And, uh, but they wear that's their thing. They all wear suits. And I dig that. Like that's, it's, it's, um, it's not suits in the sense, like they're lawyers, they're accountants, you know what I'm talking about? Like they're spiffy. It's more like a, a casual kind of like fitted, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of suit uh, with the skinny tie and stuff. So Okay. Uh, it's more, it's a more relaxed, um, approach. And I don't know. I just, I, I think that style, what I'm trying to get at is plays into what your, what your brand or what you're trying to represent. And that's why, um, when I just started this, this brand of my own, I made sure that it was about, you know, streetwear and having like a casual relaxed fit. Would you say you, you have the same sort of style? Cause I, I, with the bucket hat, like I just immediately yeah. thought I'm like, this guy's like, you know, got the zipped up sweater yeah <laughs> right you, you you have streetwear vibes too yeah i would say easy like for me if i was to just summarize one thing i've always liked of course is comfort i always put it that way comfort is a very big um, theme when it comes to how i dress and i'm a big fan of shorts of course now mm -hmm. of course canada toronto or canada doesn't really like to agree with that as much because it's cold and most of the time so it's the worst bro. i don't <laughs> i don't have that privilege but of course during this time of the pandemic that i was at home 
this was the first time that I felt very comfortable because at home I can wear shorts all day. Right. I don't have to worry about going out. So 90% or 95% of the time I was in shorts. And that's just a common thing I've always been known by by all my friends. But if I was to summarize it, I would say simple, casual, simple, comfortable dressing. Mm. That, of course, really expresses what you want to go with. So, like, I usually wouldn't go with, like, wearing very complex colors or, like, very complex combinations. Because yeah. to me, it's very difficult for me to process it in my head. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, no, for sure, man. <laughs> like, exactly what you're wearing, literally just, like, a simple pink hoodie. I'm not the kind of person that wear pink. I maybe have, like, a blue stripe at the back. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah. bottom. I, it's just too complex for me. Too many things going or, on. Like, Billie Eilish, you know how she wears, like, for me, like, I get the style but there's just so much going on where it's like, I just like, you know, I don't need like five hoodies and like, you know, two different color socks and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just, that's obviously her expression. That's her, her, uh, you know, iconic look, but yeah, it's, it's like a, a pink hoodie and like, I'll even put black pants, not to even offset it. Cause I want everyone yeah. to draw to the pink hoodie, like, and vans. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like stylish, but at the same time, it's nothing like groundbreaking, you know, it's just True. expression of you. Right. And that's exactly just how I roll. Nice, man. Well, it was a pleasure having a conversation with you, uh, like always, man. And uh, I intend to have you more, uh, you know, show up on the podcast, discussing your journey, uh, hearing more about, you know, projects that you've created. And we'll, uh, you know, definitely keep the audience informed about Cracked. Uh, Like I said, it's in festival circulation. We're excited uh, to hear back and for, you know, the audience to see what it's all about. Um, So, yeah, uh, thank you again, man, for for, uh, joining the podcast. Uh, do you have anything else you have to say before we end off? Uh, to everyone listening, don't worry. Just keep loving yourself. Keep being blessed as always. And of course, say hi to somebody today. You don't know who might need it at any point in time. So just go out there and do your thing. Love it. Gratitude is the attitude. Oh, yeah. Attitude of gratitude. <laughs> attitude of gratitude. I love it. Either way, be grateful. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so uh, thank you again and uh, take care, guys.